to Chaos in Christ podcast. I'm your host, Alexi Felix. Thank you for tuning in on this episode. Today, we are looking at a article from the Gateway Pundit reading by storming President Trump's residence and passing $700 billion spending bill during recession. The Biden regime reveals it is not concerned with the 2022 elections. The fix is in. And that's the case, guys. Do you believe that the government would do such a heinous act without securing a way to know that they will remain in power? Do you think that they would actually pull the trigger in such a way to reveal who they really are finally, to only hope that everyone agrees with it and will vote them in in the primaries and in the 2024 presidential election? Do you honestly believe that that would be what they do and the decisions that they make right here and right now? No. I believe that they are far from concerned about their power being taken. And that is very unfortunate because, ladies and gentlemen, we have just now been shown that we are now living under tyranny. True to the point, totalitarianism. All that we are seeing here right now at this very hour is a flex, not just on Donald Trump, not just on the Republican Party, which, by the way, it is political persecution, the best words I can say. But what this is, is a outright declaration and a fear tactic to tell everyone that those that oppose us, that are labeled extremists under the new extremism icons of the FBI, this is what's coming to you. This is a threat to you, American people. This is a threat to you your freedoms and your pursuit of of faith and following God. This is a reality that what we're what we're living is is taking place. I'm looking at uh, this article. I'm going to read a bit about it. We'll see what it says. But uh, for the most part, I'll skip down. It says we learned in uh, in 2020 that the United States election process is broken. Voting machines are designed with gaps where bad actors can manipulate results in elections. Yes. Yes, of course. That's what happened in 2020, and that's why we have what we have right now. They are not afraid of what they're doing. The Biden-Obama regime invaded President Trump's residence because they could. They have no fear of repercussions. They are not scared. They are flexing, and they are telling us that they have the power now, and there's nothing that we can do about it, apparently. Because ultimately, what all this does is just aligns everyone under President Trump. The fact that this took place, the fact that they have in their in their, I guess, uh, headquarters, uh, signs of American patriotism and the Second Amendment and the "Come Get It" uh, flag as a right wing violent extremism, domestic terrorism. I mean, that tells you where where we're at. The FBI has been weaponized and used by the federal government as their as their their Gestapo. And now we are under tyranny. And this is the reality we have to live in. And look, I got to be honest with you. In 2020, I actually started a podcast different from this. I called it The Patriots Calling uh, because I just knew, I just deep down inside knew that communism was being implemented and overall totalitarianism was was the goal, the agenda. And I guess as I've learned in throughout the years, I realized that it was not it didn't just start in 2020 it's been with us for decades upon decades we just we didn't know we didn't realize it and we weren't paying attention too concerned with entertainment too concerned with ourselves and then having no desire for God 
and his word and the truth of the gospel, having no desire or fear for God who created this world, we have been under this longer than we think. And so right now, because, I mean, again, now not only that, they recently passed a bill that's $700 billion spending bill during the recession, which is at nine point like one or two percent at this point. That's I mean, that's historic. They're about to hire about eighty seven thousand IRS agents to audit who you. That's right. They're coming after you. They're going to make sure that you are toting the line, that you're not a quote unquote bigot, that you're not speaking out with your freedom of speech about transgenderism, homosexuality, their perversion and the pedophilia with the Jeffrey Epstein case and all his clients, which is, I'm assuming, all of these people that are complicit with what's happening here, with the persecution that's taking place. All of the actors and actresses that you're, you love and adore, all, the, all these artists, movie stars, politicians, Democrats, every single one of them all have something to hide big time. What we are seeing is pure evil at this at, at a grand scale. And ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if we have a Republican anymore. I mean, unless we really can find a way to win the elections by 2024 in the primaries, I don't know because they seem pretty damn confident that they're going to be in office, that they're not going to lose power. That is a reality that, that we're living in. And I knew that this was something we were going to be going through. I really wish it wasn't the case, but I just had a feeling. This is Chaos in Christ podcast. This is why this podcast even started in the first place. I saw this coming. I saw what was happening. I saw that the chaos be happening with individuals of their own who who reject God, who have given themselves over to drugs, illicit sex, pornography, video games, online this, online that. Women are the goddesses. Men are, are scum. Toxic masculinity effeminate pastors and, and weakening of the church and the doctrine teaching and theology teaching. All these personal chaos were a collective building up to the cultural chaos that we have today and the chaos in our politics. All of it affects one another. All of it is intertwined. This is why this podcast started. I'm not trying to tell you what you probably already know. And if you don't know this now, well, hello, welcome. I mean, this is the truth. And the reality is this, we have a, a tyranny of a government at this point that has just weaponized a law enforcement agency against its political opponents. Guess who's next? You. And it's always been about you. And it's always been about uh, authorizing authority over you, over us, the American people. So yes, that's the, the chaos side of things. But we as Christians, if you claim to be a Christian, we as Christians, we have something that they can never take away from us. We have a freedom that they can never amend. And so with that, I'm going to provide you the encouragement and the hope that is needed in our time. Let's go to scripture. Let's look at Psalms chapter two, and then we'll look at another uh, Psalms real quick. But Psalms chapter two, verse one reads, why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? That's a, it's a, it's almost like a rhetorical question, like a duh question, because when you think about it, who are they raging against? Who is the, Who are these nations raging against? Who are these people plotting that, that ultimately is in vain, meaning it's futile. It's not going to work. Who are they trying to go up against? 
And when that question is posed, those people that hear it should already have the answer in their head, though they may not want to admit it, that it is in vain. This is foolish. Verse 2, the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds and cast away their cords from us. That's what they're trying to do here. This is deeper than just political disagreement, even though that's, I mean, it's wrong either way, right? Because you can't agree with someone's politics. You're going to exercise a thuggish muscle against your political opponent. That's evil in and of itself, but it's deeper than that. They are taking counsel with one another and are trying to rule against the Lord and his anointed Christ and his church. Why? Because they say in verse three, let us burst their bonds apart and cast their cords from us. They want to break us apart. They want to break our community apart. The bonds that we hold with one another, the community uplifting and the loving of thy neighbor as oneself. That's where prosperity is, right? That's what God blesses. When we love our neighbor as ourselves, when we serve one another with our gifts, when we come under the same uh, belief and banner of truth in Christ, that bond is formed and they want to tear it apart and then guess what cast away their cords from us because our truth the real truth the truth of the gospel holds them down and it proclaims to them their wickedness and their sin and they want to cast their cords from us why because they love their sin hate the light because their sin their evil works are exposed their works are evil and when we call them out on that no one likes that they don't like that that's why these kings and these rulers, governments, presidents, World Economic Forum, you name it, they are trying to plot against God. But verse 4 tells us exactly what God thinks about that. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. One, pay attention to this. He who sits in the heavens laughs, sits in the heavens, which means he's above you. He is above us. He is above Biden. He is above Klaus Schwab. He is above the World Economic Forum. He is above every entity here on this earth. All authority, all dominion, all rulership is for Christ and it was made through Christ and, and bows to Christ. And so that's why he laughs. Our arms are too short to box with God. There's no way. He puts his hands, his palms on our forehead and holds his arm erect straight out. And we swing and swing and swing to hope to, to fight our way around him, but we can't. It's futile. He laughs at you. He laughs at these governments. And he laughs at you, oh man or woman, if you yourself are a bit of a tyrant in your own heart and in your own way. He holds us in derision and then he will speak to them in his wrath because God does have wrath. He has wrath against all unrighteousness and ungodliness who with unrighteousness and ungodliness suppress the truth that is known, that can be known about God because what is known has been made clear to us. All that I'm quoting to you right now is found in Romans chapter 1 verse 18 on down Take some time to read it yourself. We are under judgment. 
because of the very things that Romans 1, 18 on down tells us. And so there's wrath against this. And he will terrify us in his fury as Psalms 2, verse 5 is telling us here. And he's telling us that he has set his king, which is Christ, on Zion, his holy hill. Christ is the way and he is king. And it reads, I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. All authority has been given to the son. And the nations are his heritage. The earth is the Lord's possession. Christ is king. I mean it when I say that. It's legit. And so what does that mean? Well, in verse 10 on down to 12, you can see the love of God, which I honestly could not display as a man to another man when I am faced with such evil. This is the goodness of our God, but it's still not, it's not something to ridicule because his goodness is honestly should be something that you're afraid of because here's what this says here. Verse 10 says, now, therefore, O kings, be wise. Well, why? Well, because it's not wise to go up against God. That's why. It's actually the dumbest thing you could ever conjure up, and yet you still try. We still try. They still try. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. We have to serve the Lord with fear. He is to be feared. Yes, it does mean reverence, but I honestly believe that there's got to be a real holy fear here where we realize that under the wrath of God, if I die in my sin, it isn't the devil descending me to hell with him. It is God's wrath and justice, his righteousness and justice, wrath against sin that will cast us to hell because he's holy. He is just. He cannot by no means part of the, the guilty. That's what makes him good. And so that should scare you. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Do you hear that? He's still showing grace. He's still saying that while you still have breath, O king, O Biden, O Klaus Schwab, O George Soros, O district attorneys that are, are practicing evil and wicked intent, Kamala Harris, all you guys, you if you don't kiss the sun, then you will perish in the way. But the wrath is quickly kindled if you repent, place your trust in Christ, and repent, and literally turn from your sins, turn from your evil, and repent of it. That's what's happening here. This should be an encouragement for Christians. It says that God isn't taken by surprise or thwarted from his authority on the throne because of what is happening right now because we are now living under tyranny. He is not thwarted by any of that. Now, I did a, a episode on Psalms 37. Um, I guess I would tell you to read that again, or my apologies. Uh, yes, read it, but listen to that. I am going to go over it a little bit here because I think it's worth it, all right? We need to figure out what it is that we, we are to do, right? Because this is concerning for us, even as Christians. But we need to remember who our God is. And if we're not spending time in the word, then these things can't scare the crap out of you. But here's where we're at. Psalms chapter 37 verse 1 reads, Fret not yourself because of evildoers, 
be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. You hear that? Don't fret because of these evildoers. Don't be envious of them either. Check your heart. But they are going to fade like grass and wither like the green herb. Their life expectancy is short. Now, you may think, oh, my God, but tyranny, I mean, has lasted for ages before it was ever overcome. Yes. But in light of eternity, their time will come. And so will years. If you don't think in light of eternity, then you don't have fear of the the Lord and you're not spending time in his word. And maybe you're still attached to the things of this world because you know you're not going to live forever, right? Like, I'm not crazy, right? When I tell you that you're really not going to live that long, that's not an, an absurd thing. Even if you live up to your 90s, that's not a long time. Time goes by. It's not forever. Justice will be served. God is just. So if you're not living with the understanding of eternity and having that perspective, then yeah, all this is going to freak you out. You think this is it. But what does the rest of these verses tell us? Well, verse 3 says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. What are we supposed to do during this time under tyranny if we are indeed under totalitarian reign and persecution will start to come? Well, verse three is telling us to simply trust in the Lord. And then we are to do something practical, which is good. And what is good? Well, what is good is love your neighbor as yourself. What is good is taking the talents that he's given you and multiplying it, giving it back to your neighbor, giving it back to the church in service, giving yourself up for your people. Wives submitting to your husbands and honoring and helping him in the mission. Men finding a mission, having a mission that God has called you to and going after it, serving your people, serving your community in faithfulness and goodness because there's nowhere we can run. As a matter of fact, verse three goes on to say, dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Why? Well, that's our calling. God has told us to. He didn't tell us to run somewhere else. We can't leave the earth. As a matter of fact, if we have lost freedom here in America, guess what? We have lost freedom everywhere. This was the last beacon of that freedom. Now, people that live within here in America will claim that it's the most evil and, and messed up place. Well, you know what? You're about to see how evil is about to get against you. But we are called to still dwell in this land and befriend faithfulness. So what does it look like to befriend faithfulness? We don't live by lies. We live and stand on the truth of God's word. We dwell in the land. That means we still grow families. We still build businesses as far as we can. We still work hard in the places that we find ourselves in. We still serve the local body. We remain faithful. And then what we do in that is delight ourselves in the Lord. As verse four says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And the desires in Christ, those are changed. So all the desires that you may have is all geared towards glorifying the Lord and Christ. And so from there, he will make a way. He tells us in verse five, then to commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and then he will act. So in all things, we commit it to him, we trust in him, and he will be the one to act. 
We don't do it in our own might and power. We don't cause things to change by our own might and power, by revolution, by strong arm. But we trust in him. We trust in his protection. We trust in his provision. And he will act for us. And then he will, verse 6 says, he will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. The Lord vindicates us. We don't need to vindicate ourselves. As long as we commit our way to him and we trust him, being faithful and befriending the land. I love this passage. I love it. It's a, it's a comfort for me. It should be a comfort for you. Verse 7 reads, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. That's another practical advice there. That is what God is telling us to do. What do we do? Where do I go? How do I do it? You know, what should I do? Should I do this? Should I do that? I'm not saying don't get involved. You know, maybe God is calling you to get active in politics locally. And I think I think we should obviously look into that more often. But by being still, it means don't get anxious. Don't make brass decisions, rash decisions, I, sh- I should say. But be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. And it goes on to say, fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. And that's so easy for us to do, isn't it? When we see uh, our own government, our own president weaponizing a federal agency against uh, a, a former president, an American citizen. I mean, they did it to Project Veritas before President Trump and the the journalists, they did it to President Trump now. And now they recently did it to another representative from Pennsylvania who is a Republican, pulled him over with his family in the car and took his phone. That's what we're living in, guys. But do not fret over them, what seems like they're prospering in their ways, these men who carry out evil devices, what... What he also tells us is, and which is something I had to really check myself on, he says, refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Well, one, because we know that the Bible tells us that vengeance is the Lord. But he tells us to refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself, because why? It only it tends only to evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off. God is protecting us here. He's guiding us in how we are to live. Because again, God is holy and just. So if we act therefore evil, we too will be under his wrath. It only tends to evil. And then verse 9 tells us, For the evildoers shall be cut off. Those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. And that's the good news right there, brothers and sisters. Those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. The wicked will pass away, but the the church will remain Verse 10, in just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, and it doesn't seem like they're going anywhere. If anything, they're getting stronger. He will not be there. Verse 11, but the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. I mean, it goes on to read the wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes his teeth at him. But the Lord laughs at the wicked for he sees that his day is coming. It's almost a cross-reference to Psalms 2. He laughs at the wicked. The wicked draw the sword and bend their bowls to bring down the poor and needy. That's you and me. To slay those whose way is upright. That's the Christians. Their sword shall enter their own heart and their bowls shall be broken. 
Better is the little that the righteous has and the abundance of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The Lord knows the days of the blameless and their heritage will remain forever. They are not to they are not put to shame in evil times. In the days of famine, they have abundance, but the wicked will perish. The enemies of the Lord are like the glory of the pastures. They vanish like smoke. They vanish away. Guys, go read chapter 37 of Psalms. And with that, I, I rest and I leave you with this. Be encouraged. Whatever I just wrote, read to you, go and read it yourself. Spend time in his word. Seek his face. If you don't know Christ, repent of your sins. Place your trust in Christ and in Christ alone. Be saved. And now you know that in Christ, you will inherit the land. That's an encouragement, guys. We have something that they don't. We have freedom in Christ. Freedom from sin. Praise God. Soli Deo Gloria. So as I say and always will say, in the midst of chaos, Christ is there. God bless.